You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. And now, let's meet Midway. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome, welcome. Midway United Methodist Church, both in person here at our 1030 service and online. Good to see everyone out there. We're so glad you could join us. Please, please. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Jenny. A true servant. A true servant. (laughs) Pick it up for where we leave off there. Um, We're going to get started this morning with some uh, one of my favorite songs, Counting Every Blessing. So please, if you will, please stand up. And let's begin our worship service by doing a little singing. I was blind, now I'm seeing color. I was dead, now I'm living forever. I had failed, but you were my redeemer. I've been blessed beyond all measure. I was lost, now I'm found by the Father. I've been changed from a with a treasure. I've been given a hope and a beauty. I've been blessed beyond all measure. I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing, letting go and trust when I cannot see. I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing, surely every seed. Yes. 
Day. Okay, yeah, thank you, thank you. We do want to wish the moms a happy Mother's Day and all the women who have nurtured us in the faith. We welcome those of you here in person as well as online. And let us now continue to worship our Lord and our God. Don't pay your bills Won't buy you a home in Beverly Hills Won't fix your life In five easy steps Ain't the
please be seated. And let us go to our Father in prayer. Gracious God, Father and Mother of us all, during this time, with our hearts and minds turned towards motherhood, we give you thanks for all of those in our lives who possess the soul of a mother. We give you thanks and celebrate with those in our community who have given birth this year, and we give thanks and anticipate with those in our community who are expecting a child. We give thanks and pray for all mothers who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains and wearied bodies. And we pray for and mourn for those who have lost a child, for those who have experienced a loss through accidents, sickness, DNC miscarriage, failed adoptions, or an unjust system. We pray for mothers who feel like their child's or children are lost to drug, to drugs or other addictions. We pray for the and walk beside those who walk the path of infertility, fright with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment. Forgive us when we say foolish things, for we certainly do not mean to make this harder than it is. We give you thanks to those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, for this world so desperately needs them, perhaps more now than ever. We give thanks for and celebrate with moms who have warm and close relationships with their children. And we pray for and sit with those mothers who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with their children. We pray for and grieve with children who have lost their mothers, especially this year. And we pray for and acknowledge their experience of children everywhere who have experienced abuse at the hands of their mothers. We pray for those who are step-parents and walk on complex paths. And we pray for and grieve with those who envision lasting love on grandchildren yet that dream is not to be. We pray for those who place children up for adoption. We ask you bless them for their selflessness and comfort as they hold that child in their heart. Oh God, on this Mother's Day, we pray that you help us walk with all mothers, for mothering is not of the faint of heart. And on this day, we have real warriors in our midst. 
God, today we also lift up to you all of our joys and concerns, celebrations and sorrows, desires and satisfactions. Especially we pray for our homebound members and those who are sick. We also give thanks for the opportunity to celebrate the life of Midway member Lewis Thompson yesterday, as he is now with you and able to see so clearly. We pray for his children, Linda, Peggy, and Dan, and their families. We know they miss their dad. God, we also humbly pray for our church. We pray for Midway. Help us remember to look to you in all that we do. We pray for existing and future staff and worship leaders. We also pray for the bishop, her cabinet, the North Georgia Conference, and the United Methodist Church. God, open our ears today. Help us to hear the message that you have given to Jenny. Jesus, you tell us we are your friends, and you laid down your life for your friends. You gave the ultimate sacrifice to each of us. Help us to keep your commandments, that we abide in your love, just as you have kept your Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Guide us to live joyfully into his, this command, to love others as you have loved us. We pray all these things in the name of the one who gave it all up because of his love for us, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Every year on Mother's Day, we receive a special offering for Wesley Woods. that is our ministry with older adults here in the North Georgia Conference. Uh, Wesley Woods has facilities, uh, residential care homes throughout the North Georgia Conference, caring for those in, in independent as well as assisted living and nursing care. So um, the offering that you may give today goes to assist those who have outlived their resources so that they never have to find another home to live in and they can live out the rest of their days in peace and care at Wesley Wood. So I would ask you to give generously to support this vital ministry. Uh, you may do so online or by uh, sending in a check or dropping in the offering plate as you leave. I want you to watch now this video. My name is Carolyn Odom. I've lived at Wesley Woods, a wonderful place, for four years. My name is Aviella Gaydon, and my mom is a resident at Wesley Woods. I would definitely recommend Wesley Woods because it's peace of mind. It has been wonderful. The people are so friendly, and the scenery around Wesley Woods is so lovely. I can come outside, and I can walk, and I can be alive. There were needs, 
in the financial arena. No mother really wants their children to foot a bill for them. This opportunity was just a blessing for us to know that she could stay here. I could cry now. There aren't enough words to express how wonderful I felt the relief, the gratitude of the people that created this fund. For people to take from their resources to help people who have less, it's just a blessing to be able to sit here and say thank you is an honor. What I would say to someone who is donating to Wesley Woods is to keep donating. Keep going. Keep going. Don't give up because it does matter. There are people out here who still need help. As I do.
Y'all better clap for that. Let's, <laughs> amen. Thank y'all. Thank you, Van. It's very much beautiful. Our scripture lesson for today comes to us. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. You know, I got to tell y'all, that's kind of the way the whole morning has gone. And not, not to embarrass Beverly at all. If it, something could go wrong today, it's gone wrong. And, um, you know, so y'all need to be praying over this church. Are y'all praying? Are y'all praying? Are you praying for me? Please do. And we're praying for Beverly, especially. That's okay. Don't worry about it. We're just family here. We're just family. And we're praying for her, especially because she fell and hurt her hip what, about two years ago. And she has had many uh, complications with that. So that was especially scary for us. So, Yeah, I bet you did. I bet you did. But we're all, we're good. I'm praying for you. We got some good news this morning from the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter, beginning with the 12th verse. Here now is God's word for us this day. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Not to brag. But I have 1,275 friends. (laughs) At least that's what my Facebook page tells me. It's silly, of course. No one has that many friends. In fact, I'm quite sure some of those 1,275 people don't even like me. (laughs) I remember some years ago when I bit the social media bullet and joined Facebook. I did it not because I wanted to socialize more, being the introvert I am, or, believe it or not, or because I wanted to spend even more time on the computer. No, I I did it because I thought to be a responsible mother, I should be uh, keeping up with what my teenage sons were doing on social media. This, you see, was way back when, when young people were actually on Facebook. (laughs) They've long since left and gone to one social media avenue after another, trying to stay just one step ahead of their parents or their grandparents' prying eyes. As most of you know, one of the first things you do when you join Facebook is you start sending requests to people to be your friend. So... It was much a relief with 
when within the first hour of joining, I received a notification that my husband had indeed accepted my uh, request to be a friend. I mean, what if he hadn't wanted to be my friend? One of my other friends on Facebook was a woman I didn't even know, but I thought it'd be rude not to be her friend since she asked me to. After all, she was the president of the PTA. What qualifies as a friend these days is a lot less clear than it used to be. What do we mean when we say that someone is a friend? Our lesson today is part of Jesus' farewell discourse. These are his final words to his disciples before he is arrested, tried, and crucified. Last words are important. And in Jesus' last words, he underscores a change in relationship between him and his disciples, divesting himself as in his privileged role as a master and a teacher. Jesus takes the role of a servant, humbly kneeling before each of the disciples and washing their feet and reclining at the table. At this, his last supper, he tells them, I no longer call you servants, but friends. In that day, for someone who was in the place of superiority over another to voluntarily relinquish that position for someone was almost unheard of. The Roman concept of patron and client like that of master and servant was an ingrained social structure in which one person of means and influence had authority and power over another. And Jesus used the word friends then to describe his disciples. He was dramatically transforming the relationship between him and his followers. Power and authority would no longer define their relationship. Rather, love would. I liken this change in relationship to the transition like that which occurs in a healthy parent-child relationship. When the child grows up and becomes a fully functioning adult on their own, which, by the way, includes moving out of the house. Ideally, the relationship transitions from that of the parent being an authority figure to becoming their child's friend with parent and child sharing the mutual responsibility of maintaining that friendship. This is, as I said, the ideal. And as we know all too well, the ideal is far less than often it is. Being friends with Jesus might sound like a tall order, even presumptuous. Until we remember that there is a biblical precedence in the Bible for friendship with God. The patriarch Abraham was called a friend of God in the scriptures. And in Exodus we read, The Lord used to speak Moses face to Moses face to face as one speaks with a friend. But when Jesus says to his disciples, I no longer call you servants, but friends, 
He is inviting them into a different kind of friendship that is even more intimate than that which these pillars of faith had with the Lord. The new command Jesus gives his disciples on this night is for the disciples to love not just him, but to love each other. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. How? Just as I have loved you. The command to love is not new, of course. It's as old as the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament. So what is new about this new command? Namely, that the disciples are to love one another by emulating Jesus' love for them. We know what the disciples don't know. That Jesus' love for them is a love that will willingly go and die for them on the cross. The Greek word for the word friend is philos. It comes from a verb for love from which we get the word Philadelphia, which means what? Brotherly love. You're still awake. That's good. Written in Greek to a Roman world, the word friend in the New Testament would have been immediately been understood by the gospel readers as one who loves. John's readers would have been familiar with this classical understanding of friendship that finds its full expression in a willingness of one to lay down one's life for one's friends. Aristotle wrote, The virtuous man's conduct is often guided by the interests of his friends and that he will, if necessary, lay down his life in their behalf. Likewise, Plato wrote, Only those who love wish to die for others. On this night before Jesus' arrest, he tells his disciples, No one has greater love than this that they lay down their life for their friends. Earlier in John 10, you may remember from a few weeks ago, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, what? Lays down his life for his sheep. Philosophers may wax eloquently about sacrificing one's life for one's friends, but Jesus is the one who actually did it. He did it for his disciples and for us. You know, for most of us, having Jesus as a friend is is a comforting thought. We like to sing that old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, right? But in light of Jesus' words about friendship here, we might want to re-examine the sometimes casual way that we think about friendship with Jesus. Commentator Gail O'Day reminds that the mark of friendship is not what Jesus does for us, listens to our sorrows, walks beside us, hears our prayers, but what we do for him. What will we do for our friend Jesus? Will we lay down our life for each other even as he laid down his life for us? Isn't that what he is calling us to do? It's that suffering, servant kind of love 
that doesn't hesitate to wash another's feet. A love wrapped up in humility and completely emptied of self. It's a self-sacrificing love like that of a good parent who will give their all for the benefit of their child. Ultimately, it is that kind of love Jesus embodied on the cross. Gilloday says, you know, we think to, tend to think of friendship as like having coffee together or lunch together. After all, in our culture, it is rare for us to be put in such a situation where our life is put on the line for another, like it is in other parts of the world on a daily basis. But it does happen on occasion, right? There is the swimmer who saves his drowning friend, but in doing so loses his own life. Or there's the soldier or the police officer who will put their lives on the line to protect others, even if it means giving their own life. When I think of the kind of friendship of which Jesus speaks, I am reminded of those colleagues in the Twin Towers standing in the stairwell, one able-bodied and one paralyzed in a wheelchair, and he stood there with his friend as the towers fell. Faced with such a situation, we all like to think that, you know, we'd make the noble choice, but most of us will never have our friendship tested in that kind of way. Instead, the nature of our friendship with Jesus is tested day in and day out by the small choices we make, the little things we choose to do or not do for each other. Our friendship with Jesus will be measured by the manner in which we choose to seek the good of the other above our own. In other words, it will be measured against the cross. Yesterday, we had a memorial service, as Emmy mentioned, for Lou Thompson. Lou was a World War II veteran and would have celebrated his 100th anniversary birthday. I hate to be married to someone for 100 years, but... <laughs> Just kidding, Herzen. Uh, I... <laughs> But Lou would have celebrated his 100th birthday in August. He was part of what we call that greatest generation. Great. Why? Because they were willing to sacrifice their own lives for the sake of the future and well-being of their fellow citizens. Lou demonstrated this kind of love for his fellow soldiers time and time again over the skies of Burma as he pushed supplies of food, medicine, and ammunition out of a C-47 three or four times a day for over 1,100 missions, often under enemy fire. Once, while at a veterans' union, one of Merrill's marauders testified that it was the supplies that Lou's plane had dropped to them. And 
in an area of a half a football field, they had to come in at 100 feet, taking on enemy fire. And because they did, that man told Lou, he was alive today. This kind of great love is not limited to acts of bravery in the theater of war. It is more often played out in the little things that we do rather than in martyrdom. My preaching professor, Fred Craddock, put it this way. He said, you know, we can say to give my life for Christ appears glorious to pour myself out for others, to pay the ultimate price of martyrdom. I'll do it, I'm ready, Lord. To go out in a blaze of glory. We think giving our all to the Lord is like taking a $1,000 bill and laying it down. Here's my life, Lord. Take it all. But the reality for most of us is, is that he sends us to the bank and has us cash in that $1,000 bill for quarters. And we go through life putting out 25 cents here and 50 cents there. Listen to the neighbor kids' troubles. Go to a committee meeting at church. Give a cup of water to a shaky man in a nursing home. Usually giving our life to Christ isn't glorious, says Craddock. It's done in all those little acts of love. 25 cents at a time. It would be easy to go out in a flash of glory. It's harder to live the Christian life over the long haul. Lou laid down his life for God and others 25 cents at a time. A supply mission here, a family commitment there, a Sunday school lesson here for 20 years, a Boy Scout camp out here for over 30 years, a tithe check here. His check arrived the same week he died. 25 cents at a time, little by little, one act at a time over the course of nearly 100 years. I think, too, of Jane Anderson, another Midway member who recently died and is also of that greatest generation, widowed with a baby when her husband's plane was shot down in World War II. She went to nursing school to support her son. Later, she remarried and had two more sons and she went to work nursing supporting them and raising those boys and after many years as a nurse at Northside a very well respected nurse she retired to go to the beach no she volunteered at the hospital for 30 years Lord willing, I'll volunteer 30 years after I retire from the church. Of course, I might have to retire today to make it. But <laughs> <laughs> She laid down 
25 cents at a time for a hundred years. 25 cents, it doesn't sound like very much, does it? But you put that down innumerable times over the course of a lifetime, and what do you have? A great fortune of love. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that they lay down their lives for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. Love, my brothers and sisters, it costs, it's costly. No one knows this better than our friend Jesus, who out of love for us, went to the cross, and the degree to which we will lay down our lives for each other will reveal the true nature of our friendship with Jesus, whether we are merely casual acquaintances or truly friends of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lift up your hearts and give thanks to God. Blessed are you, O God, who with your word and Holy Spirit created all things and called them good. In Jesus Christ, your word became flesh and dwelt among us. Through Jesus' suffering and death, you took upon yourself our sin and death and destroyed their power forever. You raised from the dead the same Jesus who now reigns with you in glory and poured upon us your Holy Spirit, making us the people of your new covenant of love. On the night before meeting with death, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be the body of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. As you prepare to receive 
Holy Communion this morning, I'd like to remind you that this is an open table. You need not be a member of this church or this denomination. All that is needed is a repentant heart and a desire to lead a new life in Christ. Uh, these elements are gluten-free. Um, you are invited to come and receive the elements. Uh, you may go back to your seat to partake of them, and you are also welcome to kneel here at the altar and pray for those of you who know you know are in need of prayer and to pray for your church. This is our Lord's table, and he invites you to come.
another celebration today. I, uh, Miss Alice has a birthday coming up this week, I think, right? Friday, Friday. It was Friday, and what is it? 89. 89. So we celebrate with you. <laughs> Receive now the benediction. May God go before you to guide you. May God go behind you to direct you. May God go beside you to befriend you. May God rest above you to protect you. May God rest below you to uphold you. And may God dwell within you to comfort you now and forevermore. Amen. You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.